You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. going on everyone and welcome back to another edition of pop culture fanatics the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you i'm your host with the most mr val cisco and of course with me as always one of my best friends in the whole entire world mr jake how you doing sir hey we're back oh my god man it's been a minute since we've come together like this i mean Man, it feels good. <laughs> it does, right? Sometimes, you know, after a long hiatus, especially when you're doing some soul searching and you're trying to just figure out your place in this world, coming back to the podcast scene just feels so good, especially when you have a good subject and good company around you guys. If you don't know, if you haven't read the title of this, this episode is specifically on Jurassic Park. It's a retrospective of the first three films, the original trilogy, because, 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 in this crazy country of ours we have jurassic world dominion debuting i want to say tonight and tomorrow as well too depending on your time zone and i want to get your barometer on it are you excited for dominion or has that gravy train kind of passed in your eyes oh i almost have no interest in seeing (laughs) i'm what if when i do when i do it's gonna be purely for shits and giggles like, I'm being completely honest. <laughs> it's like our Hellboy experience. <laughs> it's exactly like our Hellboy experience. I know it's going to be an absolute... It's like me going back in time and willingly buying a ticket for the Titanic. I know it's going to happen, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> you know, if they re-release Titanic in the theaters, I would go see it just for shits and giggles. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Read the Rose. There was room. There was room on that door. You <laughs> bitch. You let him die. Redeveloped by Naughty Dog from the ground up. <laughs> Billy Zane playing every role. <laughs> I have a daughter. I have a daughter. <laughs> can love Billy Zane. Wrong movie though. <laughs> Wrong movie. We're gonna be talking about the good stuff though. But you know what? Just to um, accent what you're saying on the craze for Jurassic World right now. You know, it's all over television, all the ass spots, a Carl's Jr. freaking burger commercial and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my my take on it so far, even though we're, we're not really talking about this week, we'll, we'll get into it maybe uh, later on in the month with the second trilogy. But I mean, I'm always down for some JP. Always loving some Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Loving seeing the the old cast of characters come back in their in their tender age. Um, <laughs> you know, Jeff Goldblum just not giving a damn whatsoever. Pay me, I'll do whatever. Um, but I will say though, as much as the movie itself seems a little tantalizing, just because of the cast. 
I do agree with you that I'm not as overly excited as I wanted to be because at this point in time, we'll talk about it as well too as we'll get into the second movie as well. We already kind of seen this already. We've seen dinosaurs loose out in the open, and then we've definitely seen dinosaurs in the second part of that movie, or at least the third act in the United States as well too. So you're not really breaking the the you know the fourth wall or any wall whatsoever. You're kind of just rehashing some things. If anything, you're a little bit younger than me, Jake, but I'm not sure if you ever heard of the franchise called um, Dino Riders. I cannot recall. <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. I think I'm getting like 90s flashbacks. Hold on. <laughs> For those of the audience, while Jake is Googling this, you'll probably hear a giggle. <laughs> um, Dino Riders was a cartoon and action figure series based on prehistoric dinosaurs and man colliding together with futuristic technology think of gi joe with dinosaurs (laughs) that's all i wanted jake i wanted laser beams on dinosaurs heads and then just being weaponized dinosaurs yes that's all i wanted and I felt like we had the perfect end for this. Like, you couldn't do anything else. Might as well strap an AK on one of them and just go to town on a Stegosaurus. But I digress. We're not getting that. We're definitely getting more of a family-friendly movie, and kudos for that. But let's get into it, man. Let's 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 get into the muck of things. Let's get into why we kind of love this movie, because honestly, this is my favorite movie of all time. I think I've seen the original Jurassic Park. Oh, so many times I can't even try to count. I from the score to the direction to the movie to to the acting to the actors in this. We'll get into the actors as well too. Such a who's who in this movie. Um, to the set designs to the realism with the animatronics to even the CGI and how groundbreaking it was and how it still holds up today. I absolutely love this movie. What about your thoughts on the original, the first Jurassic Park? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what's what's funny. Um, and while I feel the way I do about especially this current movie, though, it is bringing up a lot of nostalgia as far as the advertising goes, because one thing I can distinctly remember about the original OG, you know, first Jurassic Park movie was just the the advertisement that was everywhere you know everything had a dinosaur plastered on it everything had that classic Jurassic Park logo on it there was um, candy there was there was everything um, that you can think of that was advertising this movie and when I'm seeing all this new advertisement now I mean you have the shit with Carl Jr. you have um, what was it it was shaving cream I know what they were doing with that shaving cream but, you know and I was even thinking I was like did they did they do this with the original I can't remember but um that's just how like uh, uh, to me it's just bringing up that nostalgia there yeah yeah def- definitely nostalgia vibes when it comes to this movie uh, for both movies right there and how they parallel i mean that essentially dominion will be the final film when it comes to this franchise for jurassic park so mm-hmm. let's get into the to the thick of things when it comes to the beginning 1993 science fiction horror movie directed by steven spielberg produced by kathleen kennedy who let me just tell people she has a lot of heat in the world because she essentially is like the kevin feige of the star wars universe so a lot of the backlash of what goes on in star wars whether it's a yay or nay whether you're a ray supporter or finn supporter whether you like the mandalorian or not 
that kind of is riding on her coat uh, on, on her shoulders right now she <laughs> is the one driving that 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 agenda right now star wars so maybe one day we'll get into that but <laughs> kathleen kennedy as a producer to this um of course the the book itself coming out in 1990 which is based on uh written by michael cricken um and and the who's who's cast let's just talk about this cast from the 90s man you have sam neil which I love Sam Neill. I know he's not in a lot of movies. You know, he's brought in a lot of one-offs from the 90s. He's in this great movie called Daybreakers with um, um, uh, Ethan Hawke as well, too, which I love him as a villain. I always thought he would make a great villain in the movie as well, too. Uh, Laura Dern, who's an absolute pleasure. Bloom, who Self-explanatory. You can't say anything about Jeff Goldblum. And if you speak bad about him, how dare you? Um, Samuel L. Jackson. Wayne Knight. Newman himself in this movie, <laughs> and you know what? Every single one of these characters is, is prevalent. They have, they they have a role. They 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 they're not just background fodder. They mean something to this movie. Or am I reaching too much there? No, no, no. Everybody. What's what's really cool about this cast is you know whether they're well known or not. Um, especially at this time, I mean, every character has their place where it's just pre- prevalent, and um, they're each one is like pretty much memorable. And the way that it's not only written and scripted and directed, but the way that they were able to portray each character, it just fit. And I think that's why this movie holds up to this day. It's because like nothing feels out of place especially when it comes to the characters you know obviously going down the line you know it gets but the handful of characters that each played their part here it was just like even the ones that didn't survive right you know them you remember them they had their place they had their their um their unique characteristic about them you know their uh, personality that they brought into the film that just made it even more exciting and made it very immersive even even with um, the, the beginning of that movie and how it sets the tone, and it's very ominous at first as well, too, with the music, with the setting, especially on Isla Nubar, and you see just dinosaurs kind of in a freight getting released into its little zone, and you get to meet one of the first main characters, which is uh, Robert Mulden, and Muldoon, excuse me, and he's the guy that he's very quotable girl shoot, shoot her. <laughs> i mean you cannot tell me that is like burned in everyone's freaking mind right there <laughs> bro just straight up zoomed onto the mouth shoot her. <laughs> as the hand slowly releases from his grip that dude died that dude died in such a bad way too <laughs> <laughs> that dude was a reason for more deaths to come. <laughs> you should have known right at that moment, right there. You know what? This is not gonna work. Casualties and all. Yeah, Hammond. Let, let, but um, go back to your please. <laughs> but that aside, right there, just the culture. Of this movie is <clears throat> is just fantastic. You know very science fiction field and we're not really going to talk about the book because it kind of does take a turn from what the book does give but the movie itself steven spielberg coming with a vision coming into this movie and saying you know he was always captivated by the original king Kong movie and then godzilla and even before that with the original lost world um and seeing these movies and seeing the stop motion animation and seeing how that amazed people at his age and saying you know what i can do better and to Steven Spielberg's credit, he already did 
so many memorable movies at that time. You're looking at E.T., uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Jaws. You know, if, if you want a monster movie, he already did it. But he wanted right. something that would capture the imaginations of kids and adults alike. And I think this was a perfect amalgamation of that because definitely when you look at this movie, you definitely get a Godzilla feel. You get a King Kong feel, especially when you first see those two doors that say Jurassic Park. And of course, Ian Malcolm makes a line. What do you got in there, King Kong? Like right there. Like it's just such, it's so inspired by the loose in the past. It's a love letter to King Kong, a love letter to Godzilla in, in the best way. I couldn't agree more. Um, and and when you really think about it too, it's like the way that this movie was shot, it was made for theaters. Like mm-hmm. it was so beautifully choreographed, beautifully directed, beautifully shot. It, it you know, the sounds, the um and and just the way that each event takes place. I mean, you know, the moment where, you know, the electricity goes out and that's where we first get, you know, our T Rex encounter. That is probably gotta be one of the greatest uh, uh, film scenes in movie theater history because it's like I, I can just remember being back in the theater and just like hearing the rain in that beautiful THC surround sound you know <laughs> <laughs> right. um, I will say this though this movie has so much dark humor in it and I think this is why it separates itself from the rest of the movies, the, the sequels that come after it, because it's not trying to be funny. And I feel like even with The Lost World and Part 3 as well, too, there are intentional jokes to make you laugh, you know, especially with Vince Vaughn. This is not even Vince Vaughn being funny at that time. This was serious psycho Vince Vaughn, you know, serious actor <laughs> Vince Vaughn. And he's over here making whimsical jokes. Part 3, we'll talk about that as well, too. But this movie, the first one, there's just so many parts that are just dark but humorous especially when you first meet alan grant for the first time played by sam neill and you know he's getting disrespected by this kid talking about you know these raptors are turkeys and they're not even scary and my man just he basically plays this kid so hard taking out a freaking giant raptor claw and basically showing him how this dinosaur would kill you just like yeah he'll slash you in the abdomen he'll wait for your intestines to come out he'll eat you alive at the end of the day, don't disrespect <laughs> these kids. I love that part. Oh, that's, that's what I love because, like, it, um, unless you really think back, back, you know, to how it was written, like, that was, like, how it was setting up, how he just felt about kids in general. Because when mm-hmm. you remember, he didn't want kids. He never wanted kids. And uh, even though the kids were, like, gravitating towards him, you know, when they got to Jurassic Park, like, he wanted nothing to do with them, right? Um, and so that's what makes that part even better. It's because it really set that up, but you really had no idea until you look back at it. It's like, oh, yeah, he was like, he had no second thoughts about just freaking that kid out because he's like, I don't like your kind anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you have like the positive person, which is Laura Dern's character, Ellie Sattler, just like, relax, dude, it's okay. I want to have a kid with you one day, but you're kind of crazy. I like that balance that they give each other. They play well for each other throughout the whole movie you definitely see the love the the admiration for each other as colleagues and as people that are dating as well too i like the fact that you know they're not like all over the place like pda all over the place you know they're respectful right they're adults basically like we have jobs right. we're, we're here to do things but we carry by each other i love that and to to, to sam neil's credit as well too I, I don't think he was at it at that time but you know sam neil gay man 
like very proud gay man as well too had to hide that at that time to get that role as well just to be you know that macho i'm gonna wear the hat i'm gonna put the glasses on <laughs> i'm gonna strap my belt with my seatbelts on the helicopter i'm a manly man and i'm like huh the, the economy there of a guy that like really was kind of hiding himself at that time trying to be a macho person i just find that very very interesting for the 90s at that time wait step back hold on what Yo, you didn't know that Samuel was gay? Huh? Wow, look at this, sir. I have just educated you. Huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? Well, then. <laughs> we had two gay characters, then, in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because we, we also had, uh, what's his name? Which one? <clears throat> Uh, uh, B.D. Wong. B.D. Wong as well, too. B.D. Wong, who out of nowhere has become the villain for the Jurassic World franchise and the video games, which I absolutely love. I don't think B.D. Wong's enough respect at, from... I mean, he plays such a minute role in Jurassic Park 1, but in, right. the, in the new sequels, especially in Jurassic World and, and Jurassic um, uh, Dominion, he definitely plays a pivotal role in those movies, but you know, such a minute part, but still, with him, you get the science of it all. He explains exactly why and what's happening here with engine, with genetics, and how they're only making female dinosaurs so they don't have to reproduce, you know. A lot of stuff comes from BD1 as well, too. So, look at that. Two gay characters right there in the Mrs. Jurassic Mark Bark. It's not a macho movie, people. You know, there's a lot of people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? And well, let's stick on that right here, because the most flamboyant character of this movie, and hell, the most flamboyant <laughs> character in any movie he's in, Jeff Goldblum, Ian Malcolm. You know, this man, I don't think I've ever seen a bad Ian Malcolm movie, and even in the bad ones that he's been in, like uh, that Resident Evil, what was it, Requiem? Uh, not Re Resident Evil, um, Independence Day, the, the sequel that they did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about he's that He's in there, too, <laughs> just having it in, like, yep, this is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but even he's just so charismatic in the smallest ways he you know the, the line spare no expense is fucking in this movie from start to finish but I feel like every word that Jeff Goldblum spews out of his mouth spares no expense there's always a reason a rhyme he pulls you in because he talks so <clears throat> low and slow but at the same time it's very chaotic as well too so you're trying to figure this character out but you're captivated on what he's saying. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And uh, you know, that's that's what I love from you know the moment that um, you know uh, 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 John Hammond and him meet. It's like they're just like at odds at each other. Mm -hmm. You know, John Hammond's trying to show like, look what I've created. And what's what's funny is that. He, uh, Jekyll Bloom characters, like, appreciates it. He's like, wow, like, you really did do this. But, and, and, like, he's trying to be the brakes of this the entire time. He's, like, appreciating, yes, what's there. But he's like, at, at the same time, I don't think you really have any clue of, like, what you really created. You Cause know what I mean? Effect. Yes, exactly. He's, um, and that's what I love because, like, they have just back and forth. And even that one line where he's like, I hate that man. <laughs> you know, it's, it's 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 a again. It's all part of that great acting and that great writing that just continues to make this a great movie. 
Yeah, man. I mean, you can talk about a lot of characters, even and we'll get off the characters in a second too. But even we take the main characters characters aside, you know, you're looking at uh, Wayne Knight with Dennis Nedry uh, or Nedry. Um, I love his <laughs> character. You know, he is the cause of everything that happens in this movie. He is the one that sets all these plans in motion, the chaos in motion. Because of him, this is why we probably have the situation we're in in that movie. But I get it. He's a person that busts that busted his ass, is doing <laughs> things that probably he shouldn't be doing legally in this island, and he's not getting paid for it. He's like, you know, man, you know, I, I can use a couple of shekels, keep my mouth shut. And my man John Hammond, ultra trillionaire, spare no expense, is like, nah, right. <laughs> seven fifty minimum wage for you, Wayne. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's it's um. It wasn't till a recent rewatch of this movie that I realized like he really and it's so methodical at where that line is placed. Spare no expense, right? Mm -hmm. It it wasn't till just recently that I realized like, wow, he's really trying to sell this to um, not only to, uh, you know, Alan Grant and Ellie Seller, but to the lawyer as well. Right. Because the lawyer has to convince. people the the shareholders that one this is going to be safe and two like this is going to bring us a shit ton of money right and um that's that like again it's not just thrown out there like it's very intricately placed at when he says that especially when he's doing the tour it's just it was again it's again fantastic it's capitalism at its best it's basically selling disney world to to a live (laughs) disney world (laughs) and you know trying to you know show accentuate the the positives hide the negatives that's all what john hammond's about in this and of course uh you know the late great richard Attenborough, you know did pass away but he's a key pivotal person as well too because when you first meet this character yeah he's a little disrespectful he's popping champagne where it doesn't belong he's meddling in the kitchen you know he's, he's just up the fucking up their their new finding he's like <laughs> just land the helicopter right here they'll be fine right <laughs> fuck your clothes we know they're drying they're spinning around now the helicopter guys get the fuck out of here <laughs> but such an endearing character because although he's a little bit of a schmuck at the same time you can't help but fall for him and it's his presence it's the white clothes it's the hat it's the glasses the beard it's like watching santa claus which he did play santa claus too at one point uh it's watching this character basically your grandfather saying yeah things are a little crazy but everything's gonna be okay and there's something about him that just feels very warm and you can tell why these characters give so much trust to this character as well too why they they're like you know what you might be a little crazy but we're gonna go for the ride and i i love the way he sells it i love the fact that he's very mysterious i love the trip going there and then I recently saw it the other day because um, I, I revisit this movie at least once a month, even if it's just for parts. And I still think <laughs> in 2022, the part where we see Alan Grant seeing the Brontosaurus for the first time, and I'm just like, it's such a fucking great scene. And yeah, does the CGI 100% hold up in 2022 standards? Maybe not, but it's still groundbreaking and beautiful and it's the acting the reaction of alan grant the reaction of ellie salary he just turns her head and just seeing jeff goldblum surprised but not surprised at the same time like yeah this is crazy purposely holding back right (laughs) yes like it's it's just a beautiful moment it's euphoric because these guys who 
dig up dinosaur bones for a living you get to see the fruits of their labor in a way living breathing and it's like what do you do what do you do at that point absolutely i love that you brought that up because honestly again that is also one of my favorite scenes and i've always thought it was weird that like i would just keep rewinding it just because i'm like i love watching their reaction to that because it's so natural like it really is like who else wouldn't have that same reaction like he he struggles to take off his glasses because he's literally looking at something that they could only picture with their imagination right they're they get they find these bones and then they try to draw picture you know try to uh imagine like what did this dinosaur really look like you know um having those debates like this one had feathers this one didn't have feathers you know what i mean and so being able to actually see that with your eyes the first time and then like laura dern is just like you know <laughs> again you're right the acting of that couldn't have been more perfect because it was just so natural you wouldn't think that they were looking at again at but how old was i like four i didn't think that they were looking at a cgi animatronic at that time i thought they were looking at a full fucking living dinosaur um yeah it's 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 and going back to john hammond like the other part that i really love and which kind of sells you on his um his charismatic uh personality is the conversation that he's having with um with Laura Dern, you know, when they're uh, eating all the ice that, you know, um, when he's telling that life story, I mean, you kind of feel bad for him because, you know, he's he has these aspirations. He had these dreams and, you know, kind of getting like that was probably the most vulnerable that he had been that entire movie. Um, and it was just so beautifully shot. Um, and yeah, that's... I mean, you got to think <laughs> of it, too. Like you, you accept that pretty well, because in a perfect world what if nothing failed in that visit you know in a perfect world it's just one bad day that fucked everything up and that speaks volumes as well too because one bad day could fuck anything up you look at jurassic world and his vision actually coming to life an actual jurassic park living breathing ex exhibits sites rides and all that stuff his vision actually came true but still one bad day causes all that havoc so but even imagine just take that those issues aside imagine what the world would have been like hell if john hammond's vision came true at that moment in time it's 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 remarkable to think that just one issue for computer fucks everything up but that's what i love about it is because a small thing of chaos just destroys everything which is what uh which is what uh uh, uh jeff goldblum said at the very beginning of the movie uh you know but it wasn't a computer freak it was sabotage like it was sabotage you didn't say the magic word uh, 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 you know? and all you had to do was pay the man and you know what like that that concept is so overlooked because again like it takes you back to the very beginning of the movie mm -hmm. right it like that gives you the preconceived notion that this is just going to be fucked from the beginning right yeah. like you automatically gave this absolutely no chance to success because dude got smashed <laughs> you know he got dragged by um by a velociraptor that i don't know how many times they shot that thing and how it didn't go down i have no fucking clue right um, <laughs> but it's yeah like from that beginning it, you just get the preconceived notion that this is just not going to work this is not going to be successful and again it had worked it would have worked 
Maybe because again, then you have the other human、um, error, which using the, do- the frog DNA, which eventually kind of took its own course. But again, just a smart, beautifully movie. I mean, does it have its flaws, especially with, you know with its science? Absolutely, it's still Hollywood at the end of the day. But、yeah. you can't deny、um, <clears throat> just the adventure, and I think that's、uh, one thing that we haven't really talked about much is is the adventure throughout the rest of the movie. Right, once all hell breaks loose, right, and then you have. Um, Alan with the two kids trying to keep them safe when he doesn't like kids, but you know he has to be that protective figure through this plot. But at the same time, he's taking those moments to make sure that they not only feel safe, but you know he's distracting them. You know he's teaching them. He's giving them just like、um, you know、uh, life lessons. Yes, exactly right. And then even like the moment with the fucking fence and the witch is like <laughs> one of the most comical. <laughs> Tim, come on, Tim. <laughs> Bro, the way he flew was just the greatest fucking. Didn't even get a three. He was like one, two. I'm dead. <laughs> How he survived that, I have no. It's still a great <laughs> scene. His hair is like standing up. <laughs> He's like, if I could do this, I could just survive anything. Like, I'm good. I went through a car, off a cliff. <laughs> like, right. My, my my life is complete. Like, nothing distracts me anymore.、Like, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's gonna be one hell of a settle bit. And my、um, grandpa's rich too. Like, I'm I'm not dealing with shit. <laughs> so, it, but it, yeah, it's just it's just a really fun fucking movie, and um, I think. I think we're fortunate enough to get that and to be able to see it as kids. I mean, pretty sure as adults, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure the adults at that time enjoyed it too. But、um, having that experience as a kid makes it so much more better because you have a wider imagination. You know what I mean? You think that the possibilities are endless, so you're you're just like beyond captivated at watching something like this. And I love、theater. and I love this movie from start to finish because not just. The 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 craziness with the with the actors and the believability that you get from their reactions, but the music itself, you know, John Williams, a legend when it comes to music in、yeah. film, and just the music that he created for this film, it's just it it, it 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 takes a life of its own, especially in the right places, from the subtle nuances to the dangerous parts of the movie as well. Too, you feel like the music drives the movie, and I love that. I love when a Good movie has great music behind it to drive it forward. That's what it does from start to finish. It never lets up whatsoever. It's endearing. It makes you cry. It makes you happy. It makes you laugh. It's almost a character itself, and that's a tribute、mm-hmm. to John Williams right there. But another thing too, just again to the realism, is just the animatronics. I think when this movie was first conceived. Um, they were they were gonna go with stop motion animation, which would have been a totally different movie. When you're looking at the raptor scene, when you're looking at the T Rex scene, this was all gonna be stop motion mixed with CGI. And it wasn't until they got a hold of Stan Winston,、um, and Stan Winston is just a legend when it comes to、um, creature features and making、um, sick designs. When it comes to Alien, when it comes to different horror movies as well too. So seeing his vision on this and making animatronics like. Seen that Triceratops for the first time? That's where I, I I could be captivated with the CG Brontosaurus, but it wasn't until that Triceratops where you see Alan listening to how it breathes. That right there gets me emotional because that's like 
seeing your pet for the first time and just cuddling with your pets like he's literally cuddling with a dinosaur even though my man's having like an asthma attack he's just there (laughs) (laughs) but she was pregnant right that's what the issue was like she was pregnant right i wasn't no it wasn't pregnant it was no it was was pregnant wasn't it because i i believed it was pregnant because i was putting all the pieces together right like why else would she be you know like winded like that or you know yeah. you're right it is pregnancy because they, she's looking through the shit she's like it's west indian lilac um just that scene alone it's just it that oh, doesn't yeah. make you believe that this is real i don't know what else does um the velociraptor scene too it, it also um you know it it, it kind of brings that um I don't want to say humanity, but, you know, that natural element that these were, in fact, animals, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, just because, you know, dinosaurs are much bigger and much scarier than anything that we know now, right? Doesn't mean that it, it doesn't have that um, that lifeblood in it, right? That it's not a creature, a living, breathing creature that has emotions, feelings, right. thoughts, right? And, and that's what that scene does. It, it, it makes you sympathize with them too it's like yeah these you know i just want to scratch its little ear give it little scratches you know yeah who wouldn't i wouldn't you know um and there's so much drama because every movie has drama when it comes to these films jaws did at one point the animatronics and so did this movie with the tyrannosaurus rex for the skill of that monster of that robotic monster and how lifelike it was when they made this this freaking behemoth they didn't initially Initially, they did not film. They did not want to film that scene in rain because they knew they couldn't wet the that Titan of a freaking T Rex because it was right. as big as it was in the movie. It was that huge, especially the animatronic. And when it, they did start doing it in the movie set for Universal Studios, and the rain, the fake rain, the water was going into the the animatronic. Basically, what happened was it was malfunctioning, just like in Jaws. <laughs> this monster over here was having a hard time like the eyes would roll back it would start like chomping on things randomly it would start getting convulsions it was pretty scary like I can imagine being like a set designer right there and then just looking up and it's like ah (laughs) (laughs) but you know they got together and that that scene I think that probably, if we're looking at the most iconic scenes of that movie, I think that T-Rex scene still holds up to today, I think, from the water, which, um, fun fact about that water scene, they were trying to get that ripple effect so hard, they did not know how to do it, so what the, I believe, I forget who he is, but, um, what the creator of that scene did, basically, was he got a guitar string and went underneath where that car was and started plucking the guitar strings, that way you can get that ripple effect, because nothing would work, but I love that little scene. I love the footprint when you first see the T-Rex. I love the goat scene. I love everything about that. From the kids almost dying to the T-Rex just flexing as many times as it can. I love it. My man's on the toilet. Mm. I'm really trying to get away. Deserves to die. I don't care. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, you know, a movie that had a budget of $63 million, which at that time, Jesus Christ, $63 million, right? Ended up grossing $1.046 billion. Would you say that that was well deserved? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I know you say that there were some flaws in the movie, and I get there are like some <laughs> things we can nitpick on it, but from start to finish, I don't think there's a bad part about this movie. 
I think know? everything is genuine from how the kids are acting in this movie. They're not overact. They're not overacting. You know? Oh yes, especially when it's breaking through the glass. Yes. Um, like it is just it 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 is. Oh, that was a real moment. That was actually a fuck up too when they left that in the movie. That was when the T Rex was malfunctioning and it went through the freaking car, <laughs> and that's why these kids are in terror because they're about to die. So you're getting real illicit reactions right there. Mm-hmm. I just I wonder if the eyes really did go back to that. <laughs> would you be terrified? Would you? <laughs> Like, I would have nightmares. I would never <laughs> freaking act again. Like, you know what? One and done. <laughs> just Frank. <laughs> which is which is why they probably showed up like that half a second in part two. They're like, ah, we're here, but we're not here. Fuck this. We're not doing this again. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, from the, from the budget in this movie to what it made to the merchandise sell, sales, I mean, here in Arizona, I've seen at least three Jurassic Park Jeeps or SUVs out here from the like replicas of the movie. This movie has has left a mark in pop culture, in society, as as a, as a fantasy, horror, sci-fi, whatever you want to get from this movie, you're getting adventure classic, you're getting pristine characters, you're getting great writing, you're getting fun little tidbits. Hell, you're even getting strong female characters, you know? This chick's a hacker. She freaking got Jurassic Park back to where it needs right. to be within yeah. seconds. <laughs> and Laura Dern's character, right? I mean, mm-hmm. she, she, she holds herself up throughout that entire movie, right? and she's very intelligent and what i love is like she she kind of brought the facts to john hammond whereas um uh goblin's character was just like pure like no you're dumb you shouldn't be doing this and you know she so i love how she's like you know you have these plants in here that like yeah they look pretty but you know these are living creatures and you know you don't know how they're going to react to you know suddenly being awakened millions of years later right and and what's their you know a lot of these are poisonous you know what's their first instinct going to be it's going to be to protect itself i I love that and that came from her character and she's she just held herself up so beautifully throughout that entire movie like this movie way ahead of its time (laughs) and which is a reason why you know as a gamer i uh once i found out that a game like dino crisis existed Mm -hmm. i was like immediately hyped to play it because i was like oh my god i get to live jurassic park you know what i mean it's like it's like living it all over again because um that's just how cool this movie was and just the everlasting effect that it had and here we are with you know five movies later Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This movie has held the test of time, honestly. And uh, I know I gave you my favorite part with the T Rex scene right there. I know the Raptors are uh, that Raptor scene. The kids is phenomenal as well too. Gets a little kooky at times, but still fun. Um, is there a favorite part for you that you could think about right after that before we get into part two? Um, yeah, no, it's 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 the scene where they where they um, see the dinosaurs for the first time. Okay, um, that is just. That is just, again, beautifully acting. And like that, we also had that same reaction when you really think about it, right? Because that entire time, they're hyping this up. Like, yeah, you know, I have this amazing thing. And while they don't know it's dinosaurs, like we did, right? Like, like that's what we knew we were going to go see, right? And this entire time, we're waiting, like, where the fuck are the dinosaurs, right? Like, I saw it at the beginning of this movie, where are the dinosaurs? And as soon as we see it, we're like, he did it. The son of a bitch, he did it. You know, my little three-year-old self, I'm like, the son of a bitch, he did it. 
<laughs> well, with every successful movie that comes out, sometimes there has to be a sequel. And of course, four years later, 1997, <laughs> we do get the sequel to Jurassic Park, Lost World, aptly known and playing on words right there, still directed by Steven Spielberg and a callback to the original stop motion animation movie of Lost World. This sequel is also the adaptation from um, uh, John Christian as well, too. In his book as well, too. Um, I'm sorry. My, um, um, I just botched that name right there. And I'll get back to it again. But Steven Spielberg, basically, I, I don't know if the passion was there for, for a sequel to this. I mean, he definitely could have. Michael Critton, sorry about that. He could have definitely rode into the sunset and still had a successful movie and let it be. But, you know, I think the majority of people were very excited that the lost world came out especially when the trailers came out i know myself i was at glee when i heard that this was happening um when i heard about the setting as well too that they're going to be roaming free free for cages free from society as well too and just living on their own and people are just going to be observing them i was like cool that sounds cool like a natural environment lost world Jurassic park rock and roll um do you have any memories of this movie coming out? I know 1997 when you must have been like what, like 12, 11? Yeah, I actually do, but it's it's the most random ass memory for okay. this movie because um, <clears throat> I didn't I didn't see it in theaters. Um, I think uh, the the original we did see it in theaters, but this one we didn't, or at least I remember know for a fact that I did it, but. <clears throat> My first introduction to it was um, I didn't even see the whole movie. I think I caught like the middle of it because we had rented it from Blockbuster, which I had no idea. And so um, I'm like hearing just all this noise. Right. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are they doing over there? So I go across the house and um, our, uh, you know, we, we. We lived in a you know pretty rough neighborhood, so in our living room was like the one room that had the air conditioning, right? And we only turned it on at night, um, and you know when we wanted to get comfortable and stuff, right? And so I go into the living room and like all the doors are closed to keep the air in, right? And um, I go in and I just get blasted by this cold air, and um, it is like pitch black in this fucking room, and all you see is like our you know um the big screen tvs that we used to have back in the day right so we had this big old huge screen tv and uh that's at the point where like the dinosaurs are uh where the t-rex right (laughs) (laughs) so that's when this part's coming on right and like i walk up right when like the fucking t-rex comes in and it's just like and so like i got scared shitless because like they had that shit blasting too right so i like run and like jump into uh the couch where my brother was like kind of hiding under a blanket too so we were just both hiding under this blanket and i watched the rest of the lost world uh from there but yeah that is that is the only m- memory that i have of this movie okay okay I know for some reason I held this movie so high, like so pristine for some reason. And, you know, of course, throughout the ages, you know, you tend to look at things a little differently, especially as an adult. But I still have a lot of love for this movie. I know critically it's not the best movie out of the franchise as well, too. I know some of the writing's a little wonky, some of the subplots a little wonky. Heck, even Ian Malcolm's character being the lead in this movie 
totally different type of character what we see in this movie compared to the first one you know he doesn't have the chaotician mathematician kind of persona it's more of like i'm a scared dad i'm a scared boyfriend i don't want to be here which rightfully so i get that ptsd drama and all that stuff happening from the first incident i get but just to have him so i wouldn't say weak but he is kind of weak in this movie yeah, you know, and 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 you're right. It, and you know what makes that even a little more disappointing too is that you know the daughter that he gave him, like you know, they the fact that they gave him a black daughter in this movie was, again, at this time was very well ahead of its time, yeah. right? And it was amazing to see that. And I remember really enjoying that the the fact that they wrote that being young at that time, like I knew just like how impactful that was, but. Um, the fact that they kind of scaled back his character with that, especially with her, like, yes, her story's a little, like, it could have been better, um, especially with the whole gymnastics thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of forced plot. In that it was movie. a lot of forced plot, but um, they could have done so much better with that. I, I, I definitely think so, especially with the whole joke that Vince Vaughn kind of makes, like, do you see a resemblance? Eh, kind of. I'm like, oh, like, do we need that? Like, a little shade right, right there? Like, right. Was it No. <laughs> that wasn't even low-key at all, but um, again, just like the original, there was just the most interesting opening for this movie. Right? <laughs> like, oh, okay, we're just getting right into uh, Fuck This Little Girl, right? Hi, I'm Samantha, and I'm, I'm on my yacht. And oh, go ahead, girly, you can play. <laughs> hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco, dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcast? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world with quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcast too with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the, the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Uh, whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. Go play in the island where we've never been at. And, um, oh, man, like, what, what do we get in this, right? Like, the little girl goes off onto the far side of the island. She sees some compies. She's like, oh, what are you, some kind of bird? Feeds it, like, some chicken or roast beef. He should start, like, attacking her, rightfully so, because why? Why not, right? 
Haven't you ever fed a, uh, have you ever taken out a sandwich on the beach and just like immediately <laughs> get by those damn uh, seagulls? Yes. That's what they Same. were. That's all they were, seagulls with like scaly seagulls. That's all they were. <laughs> and I was like, again, at that time, even I was young enough to know like, oh, this is dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then you get the epic scream from the mother, and of course, you're sure they pan right. off to Ian Malcolm just yawning, which was, yeah, it's another thing that you get, like, some handy <laughs> jokes right there. You get to see Ian Malcolm being summoned by John Hammond. Um, you get to see the kids again, just be like, hey, we're here to see, you know, Grandpa, but they left. You get the subplot of Injun basically taking <laughs> over the Hammond State, and basically they're the new big bads of Jurassic Park. They were mentioned, of course, in part one, but now they have full control of the company and they're looking to harvest the dinosaurs from this island as well, too. Um, now we get the funny jokes of, you know, the witty banter between Hammond and Ian that, you know, he went from capitalist to humanitarian within a couple of years and how he wants <laughs> to basically save these dinosaurs and make sure that they're, you know, national landmarks so they don't, they don't have to be, you know executed or pillaged in any kind of way um i found that kind of funny was that a little too much of a reach of hammond this idealistic capitalistic man now becomes humanitarian to save the dinosaurs um i want to say no only because that's not how i perceived it like from the start i felt like he was giving um uh, malcolm uh uh false narratives Okay. Just because, like, again, I think he knew what they were doing. I think he was trying to sabotage Engine. Like, that's how I always perceive what was happening in this movie. Was like he knew what Engine was doing. He he played stupid, and um, he used Malcolm to pretty much be that spotlight and to catch what they're doing and to put them on blast. I don't, I don't even really think that he had any really care for the dinosaurs, but more so like, I'm not going out without swinging. Okay. That's how I perceived it. And I could take that. That sounds pretty awesome. I like that take right there. Um, this movie also has a, a fun little cast. Of course, Jeff Goldblum. Julianne Moore, man, coming out of Boogie Nights. I mean, like... <laughs> I love... Ju- you know what? I, I, I think Julianne Moore is so underrated. I think... Sometimes I think her and Marissa Tomei are the same people <laughs> when it comes to their <laughs> acting choices, but I love Marissa Tomei as well too. But I love Julianne Moore. I think she she very much is the heart of this movie. Like she feels like she's yeah. the most natural. Like she feels like she's happy where she's at. She she knows the lore. She's a paleontologist slash like um adventurer as well too. Very bare bones, buckle down. I'm gonna do it my way or the highway. I like that. Out of everyone, I feel like she's the most grounded character. It's a little wonky that she, she gets sent by herself to investigate all these dinosaurs without any kind of help. Yeah, but like, hey, that's what happens. But, you know what? To be fair, to be fair, <clears throat> like, how do you know that they were really out there, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that, like, you know, because there was no real proof that these things really even existed, right? So why are we going to waste resources by sending out a whole team when there's nothing there, right? Let's just send one person and the chances of this actually being real and there are dinosaurs are like, what, 1%. That's probably how they perceive that and why she was there alone to begin with. Okay, all right. If, if we're going to take that into account, though, I'm going to say this. Her character, Sarah, I think she is gaslighting E. Malcolm from start to finish. I oh, think 100%. This, she even <laughs> says it. I sought you out because of this. <clears throat> 
She's basically dating this dude just because he got next to dinosaurs. And she essentially got what she wanted. She got in touch yes. with John Hammond and got to the goddamn island herself. Yes. Yes. Is that love <laughs> genuine then? <laughs> no. That is not, right? It, it can't be genuine. She's using this guy for everything. Right. <laughs> um, Vince Vaughn's character, a uh, photographer and, of course, expert sabotager, which you learn later on. He was like, yeah, Hammond hired me to sabotage things. All right. All well, he um, did was open cages. <laughs> <laughs> like one or two, right? He was like, yeah, I'm the insurance policy. What's up? Um... <laughs> A little, a little dry, a little dry, but I think he does the job well in the movie. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with his character, had he lived or died, I don't think I really would have cared because he really didn't have that kind of an impact. I think his only saving grace was, again, when he opened up the cages and, you know, let them roam free. I was like, um, yeah, like that was like, like, oh, hell yeah. Like, yes, go. Finally, we have something good happening here but other than that um vince vaughn's character really didn't do and and like after we left the park he didn't really have i mean after we left the island he didn't really have much of a part afterwards no, did he? no not right. really i mean there, there yeah, it, it was kind of cut bare bones for this movie it's like they shot two different movies they got the the um site b portion of the movie which is great there's some fun stuff there seen um 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 what's her name um julianne moore's character just go against the stegosauruses going into the raptor field which is one of my favorite parts of that movie get out of the wrong grass i love that part <laughs> um there's a lot of fun stuff there um but yeah like some of these characters are very inconsequential you know she's very you know hands-on when it comes to the baby t-rex part and i will get into that but there are some other characters that i do, really do like and i feel like they didn't get there too um this character ronald uh, tembo the big game hunter love him love him he's only there I for the him. hunt oh, but he's but see he's not there for engine he's not <laughs> there for collecting dinosaurs he's just there for the game and i it's like he has a moral code to some extent no, because he's still hunting. Like, he's just a hunter piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he is. Yeah. And, and, but you're right. But you're right. Because, and, and I think that was even part of his thing. Like, he says, I'll do this for you, but I only want one thing in return. Okay. And, all right. You're right. Which, it's, it's not moral. It's more cap. It's, okay. It's not capitalistic. Yeah. It's not no, doing it's it for just, the money evil fucking human shit right he's just like the epitome of a fucking you know hunter like <laughs> he did break a baby's leg and wait yes! for his mom to come yes! <laughs> and then i still love him though <laughs> and then and then uh well he didn't have too much of a part but that one uh russian dude right the yes what is his name? Is it the Peter Stomare? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Dieter Stark. He was a Stark. <laughs> He's the one that freaking gets eaten up by the copies toward the middle yes. of the movie. Love it. <laughs> um, the big bad, if you will, um, Peter Lundo, who's like Hammond's nephew, the one that you get to meet in the beginning of the movie as well, too, saying he's in charge of Injun now. Um, yeah, I mean, did he play like ultra evil, like Victor Von Doom type of character? <laughs> Not really. He was very subtle, very smug, if you will. 
but I think it was, you know, spoiler for anybody didn't see this movie. I think his death toward the end, the T-Rex, the baby, and the mother kind of go to town on him on the ship. I think it was warranted. I think you, you gained <laughs> enough hate for the character that it was warranted. Like, no, don't, don't. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> movie. But, you know, <clears throat> can I talk about the movie? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, while it's fun to poke fun of, right, uh, I will give you this, because now that we're reminiscing on it and bringing up, you know, there, you're right. There were a lot of fresh new takes that they did for this movie that were, like, really cool. You know, firstly, um, <clears throat> this was a different island, right? That's why yeah. it was called Lost World, right? So just, you know, seeing, you know, the the other compound just, like, also destroyed the shit, just let you know, like... Um, like, yeah, this just absolutely had no chance. So I also thought that was cool because, you know, you saw that, you know, they attempted to, you know, set, you know, set up base here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and it just like, nope, <laughs> that just wasn't going to happen. Um, so that was really cool. And then, like you said, the scene um, inside the fields where the raptors are like chasing them and like you can just see like all the movement in the field. Like that was clean. Like that was really cool. That was fresh. Um the uh, waterfall scene. <laughs> yes. With the poor paleontologist. Oh, I feel bad for that guy, too. Oh, it was, um, yeah. Oh, he was like the, the, that weird, like, cowboyish guy, wasn't it? Yeah, he was their paleontologist that was kind of instructing Injun what to catch, what their names were and whatnot. Um, good guy. And his banter with, um, with, um, with uh, Julianne Moore's character as well too, so Sarah, I thought they were pretty fun. I thought, I thought, you know, like I said, a lot of characters they had promise, very inconsequential. My man, oh, it's a high high. <laughs> you got high. <laughs> high. <laughs> His death, very sad as well too. Um, if anything, oh, that's right, because all he tried to do was help them. Yeah. If anything, that's what we're gonna talk about right here. Probably gonna talk about two parts right now. It really is that trailer scene that makes the movie because unfortunately i think there's a tone issue with this movie they're trying to be very much open world adventure at the same time they want to keep that horror aspect or that sci-fi aspect from the first original jurassic park and mm-hmm. i feel like when they do these fun moments like the trailer scene it really hits home because that's what you came in to see you came in to see destruction and God damn, do I love that trailer scene with not just one but two T Rexes trying to get their their kid essentially who has a broken leg crying and they yeah. just destroy this trailer. Yeah, that was that was that was um, again it was one of those fresh takes right um, that we got and you know the consequence of you know them um, hanging off you know the the edge of the cliff you know hanging on for their dear life and you know when they're when they're going to get saved right you know the time's clicking especially when he starts hearing them right and you start feeling that rattle of them coming um it was just and then and then also um that high up view that they have with the, his daughter up there and you know she's seeing them coming back right like it's it's just again like those were really smart choices made um and that was probably like you said probably the strongest scenes of this film and had that not been in there, it would have been a dull movie. It would have been a very, very dull movie. Um, because like you said, I think I think this movie relied more on unnecessary humor than anything. 
very right. much so. You get the unnecessary humor, but that scene alone, I think it works so well because not just with the the dinosaur interaction, because once they leave, you're still having that tension moment. Though yeah. of them trying to get out the trailer and the glass breaking, <laughs> the phone falling, and Vince Vaughn, hey God, it's something, and stuff <laughs> like that. Very strong. Like that performance from everyone is so great. Absolutely. No, you're right. You're right. But again. Had it not been for that scene, and honestly, I, I, t- to this day, like, once they go back to, what was it? Was it Los Angeles? It's um, they, San Diego. San Diego. Once I get to San Diego, like, I pretty much check out at that really? point of the movie. Okay, you I was going to ask you that. Does that movie fall apart once I get to San Diego? Yes, because, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, and, and, and again, this might be one of those callbacks um, that Steven Spielberg did you know, to kind of honor King Kong, right? Because it's exactly like, it's almost the same thing, mm-hmm. right? You have this giant beast, you know, in the new urban jungle, right? And, you know, how's it going to react? It's drinking pool water and it devoured a poor little dog that was just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> I love that scene. I don't know why. That scene holds up to me. Uh, when the little kid's like, there's something outside my window. <laughs> I don't know why. That holds up. What doesn't hold up, unfortunately, is the little, the bad Godzilla reference with the Japanese people running away from the dinosaur. I'm like, I, I it's back and forth because as a Godzilla fan, I love it. But right. like, is it cultural, culturally appropriate? Probably not. But like, <laughs> it's funny. But like, I look at it in 2022 lenses, I'm like, it's kind of Steven. <laughs> <laughs> just because you added a black character the only black character in this film <laughs> and give her a big role you ch- that doesn't give you the means to- <laughs> <laughs> but i don't know i'm 50 50 on it because as much as i love the island part i do like seeing the dinosaurs interact with people for the first time especially the t-rex i do like to see um just everything from that from walking down the street and little things of that nature i do think it gets a little ham and egg when they start going for the chase hearing the baby cry and the freaking cadillac as it's storming down the streets like yeah i I get that but there is something special about this movie and i think it only is because you get the john williams score again and you get steven spielberg at the helm and i think even at his worst Steven Spielberg still can deliver something very captivating. He can still deliver good performances. He can still tell a great story without being too cheesy. But you are right. This movie kind of fails. And critically, it did fail because of the fact that um, it just didn't capture the same essence as the original. And of course, that's a huge, huge undertaking to do to try to be as successful as the original. Not many sequels can do that in the first place. So with all the well, all the craziness happening in that movie, it didn't make as much money as it should have. It tried to get an Academy Award as well, too, losing Titanic for Best Visual Effects. Can we roll back to Titanic from our original conversation right there? So there you go. <laughs> um, but um, do you have any last bit of memories from this movie or anything you want to touch on before we get to uh this main event over here uh to be honest no because this is honestly it's like i will i will willingly skip over this movie just because it just didn't didn't it didn't do it for me man well if that movie didn't do it for you jurassic park 3 came out <laughs> in 2001 and boy oh boy if you were hesitant on 
on Lost World, if you were like, you know what, I might be known Jurassic Park movies. Let's take a movie. Let's take everything you loved about both movies. Let's add in more comedy, random characters, or random ass plot to begin with. But I will say though, the best part about this movie are the new dinosaurs. From the use of the pterodactyls to the Spinosaurus to random encounters with other new dinosaurs, I can appreciate the variety of new animals that we get in this movie. But god damn, does this movie... I, I try my best to, to, to hold it up to some kind of standard, but no, this is the lowest part part of the Jurassic Park franchise altogether. <laughs> I'm so sorry that you feel that way, because I feel the complete opposite. But you love I, this shit! You love... Oh, no! I absolutely adore this movie. Like, I love this movie. I, I, I think this one did so much better than Lost World. However, what I will say is hearing how you talked about um, <clears throat> the Lost World, right? Um... I think that's why we even got Jurassic Park 3 to begin with, because it do so well, because it didn't have that same magic that people were wanting. So I think that's why they did um, Jurassic Park 3, because when you really think about it, it really is almost the first one, just with a hell of a lot campier story. But in my personal view, it worked out. Why did it work out? Because, again, you know, now that we've proven you know, in this, in the, within the last couple of years, that these dinosaurs do exist, and yes, we found that out because we saw one of them here in San Diego. There would be a natural curiosity for humans to want to go there and see that. To right? hang glide there. To hang glide there. Hey and man, it's your birthday. Let's go. <laughs> but that's why he paid those people to do that because those people, like, they're one of those pirates that do that. It's just like Snake Island. Nobody is allowed to get near Snake Island, but people will be paid to take people there to begin with. And that's exactly what happened here. And again, what I don't understand is like, what the fuck happened to that boat? Especially when there was like, that, that was like the one thing that I just didn't understand, especially when we were never introduced to any kind of water monstrosity. We weren't. Like there, we weren't. Unless that's what that motherfucker in Jurassic World is supposed to be. No. I, I refuse to believe that because oh, you're there's right. blood in the inside of the fucking boat. I'm like, but there's no dinosaur. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck happened throughout this whole time? There were people there five seconds ago. And it was Where like, did oh, this fog come from? What's going Why on? Is it foggy? Did Storm like just suddenly drop by? Like, what is she doing here? Right? Um, that was the only thing that like really did it for me was just like, because <sighs> we never know. We And we never find out. We just never find out no. what the they so just they move on. <laughs> One thing about this movie, I will give it, it's a fast movie. It just goes. It doesn't have time for plot. It doesn't have time to hold your hand. It says, you already no. know what you're in for. We're going forward. From the cast itself, you know, you're bringing back Sam Neill. I guess in their their mind, they're like, you know, we need to go back to Isla Nubar because that's what they do. They go back to the old site again. They go back to Isla Nubar. <laughs> they bring back Sam Neill for some fucking reason, for money reasons. He's like, yeah, I guess I'm not doing that great as a paleontologist. With Billy over here, because Billy doesn't know what the fuck he's doing half the time. <laughs> but all right, Billy, let's go. We, you have we get William H Macy. It's like Bro. <laughs> <laughs> we get Macy over here. We get freaking Frank over here for no goddamn reason. Frank Gallagher is just like, yeah, yeah, our son 
<laughs> crash in the parasailing accident on this random ass island. Can you help us? Well, that's not what they told. They told him like we're fans of this island. We want to be there. We want to see as close as possible. They cohoot him and just trying to get into this, and they want to pay him an exuberant amount of money, which they never do as well. Too, which is sad. They all do. Billy dies for no goddamn reason. Um, spoiler alert: Billy dies for no goddamn reason in the most horrific way possible, too. Um, fucking, we have this guy from Elmo's Billy World. Die? Billy dies. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. Or does he come back at the end? Yeah, he does come back at the end. Who doesn't come does back? Survive. The only people. Did they roll the him out or something? Yeah, no, he never died. No, he never died. Um, Google this up right now. This Billy died. No, he didn't die. So I remember those teeth, the pterodactyls, those pteranodons were fucking jabbing the shit out of him, drowning him in the water. Yeah, no, he survived. The only people that died were the random, like, hitmen that they hired to uh, take him to the fucking island. You are correct, sir. I will stand corrected right there. He was believed to be dead after the Tyrandon attacks, but was and later discovered to be alive. Just barely. What I love... Fuck this guy. <laughs> what I love about this movie, too, it's like, this was at the age when I was like looking at Billy and thinking like, oh, this guy's fucking hot. <laughs> I knew you would have a crush on Billy. He yeah, screams like, I am Adonis for no reason. I am I am a Greek. I am a Greek. I'm Apollo. He's, just, he's every, he's every, you know, good looking white boy that's on every gay um, advertisement for anything. Like he is just the poster white gay, poster child white gay. But the, again, like what, what I do, <sighs> It's again, I love this movie, but you're right. Like, the cast of characters in here are like really kooky. Like, especially oh, when. Tia Leone? She is fucking annoying as hell in this movie. Yeah, no, she oh. was. She was a little. Um, isn't that. Um, isn't she the mom from uh, Liar Liar? Yes. <laughs> Fletcher. Audrey. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, it, it's like. Um, Again, it is kooky. It's very wild, but I don't hate the plot. I think the plot, again, it worked out, right? Because there's just so much happening. Like you said, um, even if it's if it's not the action, it's just like the tension amongst the characters, right? Because, you know, these are divorced parents. Like, they don't talk to each other. The only reason why they're there in each other's presence is to save their son, who went off with... Um, uh, what was the fucking stepdad's name? Uh, the Jerry, the wonderful Jerry. Jerry. <laughs> fucking Jerry. <laughs> the wonderful Jerry, right? Um, and I love that. And I loved how they schemed uh, Alan Grant to go there, right? Um, because they're right. And it's like, how else are we going to find our son? Which the fact that they really believed in their heart of hearts um, and where the hell... Um, he had to have like gotten some kind of loan shark money, bro. Because there's no way you could have done that with, uh, uh, what is he like a handyman, right? He turned out to be a handyman. Spoiler alert: <laughs> he does cabinets and um, tiles. <laughs> he made them believe that he was a fucking millionaire. But you know who again, that is? Who? He is he is the clown villain in Airbud. <laughs> oh, you're right. Yes, yes. I think he's also in Elmo's world as well, too. This guy over here, oh, Airbud Clown, is your mercenary. No, 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 no. Everything about this just failed to me from the from the moment I saw the blood on the boat. But what are we gonna do? I don't know. So little fucking 
Billy over here stealing freaking raptor eggs to Alan Grant playing with fucking vocal cords trying to hear what a raptor sounds like. No! Stop it, Alan Grant! Stop your bullshit! To him dreaming, and of course, the best, most iconic scene in this movie, Alan. <laughs> the dream raptor waking him up. Alan, I got feathers on my head now. Alan! No! No! Yes, everything about this. Remember when they're on, uh, on the, uh, when we first get the introduction to the new dinosaur, and Uh-oh. they're trying to fly away, and that guy's just like, "No, you're dead. <laughs> Please move. Please stop. No, hey, you died, died. You died. He was probably the hardest person there. He was probably the most macho man there, next to Alan Grant. My man had machine guns. My man was spraying dinosaurs. He My was man was trying. My man was Rambo, and Rambo got humbled really quickly. Like, oh my god. And then, uh, what's what's this kid's name? Um, The main kid. He's in everything these Eric. days. Oh, uh, yes. Eric. Eric, this resourceful kid who got to live on fucking Isla Nubar for like three weeks eating canned beans. Yes. Eric. Canned beans and, uh, 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 fucking, uh, dinosaur piss. Fuck this kid so much. <laughs> Fuck this kid so much. Right. Like, we need yes, to get an excuse of how he's so resourceful. We need like, yeah, I went to like military school. Or yeah, I was in the Boy Scouts. No, you're just like, I got dropped here. And you're like, I guess I need to survive. No, he read Alan Grant's books. That's why. Oh, That's how oh, he knew. Oh, you're a fan. Because that worked out the, the best way for the first kid. For the first goddamn movie. Uber fan over here. One, two, zap. No. Kids. Kids in Jurassic Park. Tired of these fucking kids. But I loved it. I thought, um, you know, and, and you're right. I mean, it, this one tried to be as funny too, but I thought it worked better than Jurassic World, especially when he like really tried to pay with quarters in the fucking vending machine. And then Billy's just like, yeah, fucking punch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but... Okay, all right, maybe on some levels, no, I, I can't forgive this guy. I'm trying my best right now because we get the dumbass scene of the cell phone being swallowed by the Spinosaurus, and every time he comes up, you gotta hear a ringtone. Beep, 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 beep. I'm like, why are we doing this? That was iconic. That was, that is a, that is like just as iconic as, as the fucking theme song. Like, it really was. That was like John Williams' like extension. Like, I love that because. It's the most annoying sound, but it worked. I will it say worked. this. It, the dinosaurs were fun in this movie. I love the Spinosaurus. I love that part where you get to see him and the T-Rex <laughs> kind of challenge each other. And it just dominates the T-Rex with like one fucking bite. Um, I love that airplane scene when the airplane is like broken up. The jet's like broken up and they're all falling into like the Spinosaurus' mouth. Um, there's some good parts. The, the, the Pteranodon. The, the pterodactyl cage. I love that part love as well, that. too. That was it, it, it was a little awkward, like, the way that they introduced it when he's just, like, casually just, like, walking up, like, hey, guys. <laughs> that, was, that was a little Coming sketch. on the bridge, like, what's <laughs> up? What are y'all doing these neck of the woods? <laughs> this ain't your neighborhood, cuz. This is comping, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Pull a gun on you, Billy. I'm gonna show you what a Billy is. Get the fuck out of here, Billy. <laughs> then he takes off with them, and fucking Alan's like, 
Terry Doc was like, you're the motherfucker be stealing eggs, huh? Not in here! <laughs> Not in here! <laughs> and of course, random, random toward the toward the end. We're just all over the place with this movie, but that's how this movie is. Fucking they get surrounded by the fucking Velociraptors, half of hair, half of scales. They don't care. They're just like whatever. Give them back the eggs and they run away. That's all no, they wanted. No, you no, you cannot say that shit, but then enjoy Dominion when it's like, I'll save your baby. Like, no, that I, is the exact I haven't, same I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. Blue has a connection with, with Owen so far, so I don't know what the fuck's going there, but there was no connection. All my man did was Alan Grant tried to get the vocal no, cords out. Connection, like, no! No! <laughs> Here, guys, I'm gonna sound just like you no. with this trachea that I'm blowing into. <laughs> Oh, he must be Every, one of us. No, everything that happened in Jurassic in, in Jurassic Park three with the fucking raptors and this little you know, right? Everything that happened is what inspired fucking Star Lord's um, fucking relationship with this goddamn raptor. It's the exact same fucking thing. Oh, and the random Lord Dern part. Lord Dern calls the, the the military to come rescue them. Like it's that easy. Like, oh hi. Oh, hi, FBI. Oh, hi, Army. Oh, hi, Marines. Guess what? My ex-lover and Billy, they're in the fucking Isla Nubar. Do you know about that? Go rescue them. Because, you know, it's that fucking simple. Oh, I'm sure it is. Because she's got... No, because she's got... You know, she's got contacts. But I love... Contacts? I love how they were... The I love how they were... I love how they were in danger just a little bit longer because he had to watch Barney. Like, that was the good... <laughs> the kid's like, rah, rah, rah. Over here, Alice like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> The dinosaur man is dying. Oh. Get mommy. Oh. <laughs> Sam Neill. I love Sam Neill, but I don't know. That movie, he was doing his best to keep it together. This, this movie made money, though. Budget of $93 million. It made $368.8 million. So it made its money. It did. And it was by far better than Lost World, in my opinion. Because, again, I think... And this is where, like... This, <sighs> just like how you like all your weird, campy, like, horror shit. Yeah. This that movie for me. Because it is campy. It's really fucking weird. It's kooky. Like, the characters are just, like, all over the place. It's like... <laughs> there was... Obviously, there was far less direction in this movie than there was in Lost World. <laughs> well, just like, that, that means something because Spielberg didn't direct this. This is directed by Joe Johnson, a couple other people as well, too. And the writing helm, this movie does not follow the books whatsoever. A couple of characters from the books, like, of course, Alan Grant and whatnot. But, I mean, there are some good takeaways. <laughs> there are some fun moments. And um, was it was a good end cap? because we wouldn't see a movie for for at least a decade revolving Jurassic Park they would come out and do the 3D releases for both Jurassic Park and the Lost World um, box sets would be made um, you know Parks and Universal Studios from California to Orlando so at the end of the day Jurassic Park as an IP was still around but this movie right here was I wouldn't say it was a nail in the coffin but it did slow down um, them wanting to make another movie regarding the Jurassic Park franchise 
Right. And for those of you who just kind of want to step back, but like for those of you who don't know, like who Joe Johnston does, like um, he directed uh, the first uh, Captain America movie. He directed uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, um, October Sky. Like, so he's done some really fantastic movies. Um, like He knows his direction, but I think he also knew what he was getting into <laughs> with this one so it was probably you know to get a little bit of fun and um honestly i think as you said i, I think this was i think this was a good stopping point for the movie um especially like as ridiculous as it was um <clears throat> again i enjoyed it and i think a whole lot of other people enjoyed it it to me it's a lot more quotable <laughs> than lost world because there's just it's just that weird. It really is. Um, and it's, it, but again, I think it's a cool callback to, you know, I think it's almost like revisiting the first movie all over again because I love how everything's deteriorated even more. I love how like everything here is like basically like it, it, it's really started a life on its own. And I think it's what Lost World should have been as far as like, you know the free the <clears throat> the open world um kind of uh, madness right because it 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 seemed a lot more threatening as far as the island goes it seemed a, f- a lot more threatening than jurassic world and i think that's another reason why i loved it so much because it, there there was a lot more consequence to this here the consequence from uh, lost world was the people the people there that were causing all the uh, all the chaos because you know they were trying to hunt shit and you know breaking baby dinosaur legs over here it's like nah cause you and our you know <laughs> you and our neck of the woods now fucking <laughs> creepy ass pterodactyl just walking across the bridge yeah you know in their little bird cage like the, the fact that it was even shaped like a bird cage like <laughs> let me ask you this <clears throat> Even with hindsight 2020, and we know what happens with Jurassic World, at least with two movies going into it, take that out of the equation. Would there have been something that you would have changed out of the first trilogy? Would there have been like a moment or a movie or a direction that you would try to pivot to, or maybe even a different direction that you yourself would like to see? Um, honestly, I would have liked. I would have liked a darker, gorier version of it. Okay. And that's very strange for me because I'm not, like, really into the gore. Not because, like, I think it's gross or, like, I have a weak stomach. It's just because, like, a lot of times it's just fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But, you know, when you really think about it, too, like, every single one of these movies are kid, family-friendly movies. They really are. They are family flicks. You know, even with a little bit of horror, a little bit of blood every now and then, random blood on a boat for no reason, um, they're still family-friendly movies, and they're intended for, you know, the family to sit down and enjoy. But after the first movie, I think I would have turned it up a notch, right, to, like, um, maybe kind of have that concept of um, the Lost World, right, where, you know, you send in a bunch of these scientists, a bunch of, you know, journalists to see what's happening at the park now but it's more of like a um dino crisis vibe right where like like shit has really hit the fan um so it's got that desolation that jurassic um jurassic park 3 has right that i really love just that decay of the um 
of, of, of all the you know human-made buildings right everything's just gone to shit the dinosaurs are completely taken over um so you know turn up the gore turn up the notch turn up the ferocity and 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 really the threat of being there on that island as these people are just trying to kind of document and you know kind of give that like national geographic you know uh um discovery of what's going on in this island but now you know shit's hit the fan and now they just got to survive so that's what i would have done is just given it a more um darker threatening vibe and turned it into more of a horror survival movie i like it i like it i, I definitely feel like that would have been a new tone for the movie if you would have went a little bit darker a little bit more edgier as well too and you know i'm not sure if they can ever do that as well too knowing that the IP of Jurassic Park Jurassic World is like you said very universal fan friendly family friendly as well too like there are dark stuff and you know sometimes we will see you know if somebody get eaten by a dinosaur but I think kids today have seen worse things in real life rather than dinosaurs these days um in I guess what I'm looking at here too is now that we know that Jurassic park the franchise will be coming to an end with dominion do you feel this is probably my last question toward everything do you feel that there is a spot in the world for a new franchise dinosaur i guess a dinosaur franchise or maybe even a dinosaur film personally i'm gonna say no because it's really unless (laughs) Unless they go with what you really want, Frank, which was the um, what dino, is riders? The dino, dino riders, <laughs> dino riders. Unless they do something like that, I mean, dinosaurs have their presence, and they've have had their presence, right? I mean, you have, you know, the the Disney movie Dinosaur, right? Which honestly was, I I love that fucking movie, right? But then you have the good dinosaur, um, and then you have. Um, you know transformers right they even did their little uh dinosaur take right um you know so like dinosaurs are they have a cult following dinosaurs have their pop culture and i think it's always gonna be there but again unless they do something like dino riders i don't think that there's gonna be something as fresh again unless um something like a dino crisis you know on film becomes a reality and and again i think uh given like a darker tone and a more edgier thing it might actually strike a new nerve with people because again it's giving us everything that we want but n- n- never really seen unless it's like some random fan-made sci-fi movie um that airs on like saturday at like two o'clock in the afternoon yeah i think you're right i i, I, I agree with you on that side i think unless they go over the top, but then over the top goes into the sci-fi movies like the Velocipaster and things of that nature. <laughs> you know, which is an I forgot about Velocipaster. <laughs> excellent movie, but for all the wrong reasons. I think unjustifiably, but also justifiably. So any big budget dinosaur movie will always have its comparison to Jurassic Park. They're going to use that as a barometer to measure what a dinosaur movie is. And I think that's a little unfair in some ways, but at the same time, how could it not be because of the presence of pop culture that Jurassic Park gives? And an easy, a very easy, um, you know, argument to that is like, look at dragons, right? Look at how dragons have been perceived. But when you really think about it, is there a one like root movie or TV show that you will say, oh, 
this dragon is always going to be like you can't top this right you can't because dragons have been portrayed in very very numerous ways in very different forms of media um and they've either done very well or some of them just done very poorly but none of them are ever really compared to another thing so to me that would be my argument because well, it's the exact same thing maybe but i also feel like with dinosaurs there's a sense there is a sense of realism to it like these creatures did exist at one point in time so unless you are putting more fantasy into dinosaurs unless you're diving into the fantasy world if you are still bringing up dinosaurs in any kind of capacity like whether it's a discovery channel feature you're gonna get that comparison whereas dragons there's so many different takes that, like you said, you can't really pinpoint. You have Tolkien, you have D&D, you have, you know, uh, recent things like, you know... Um, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Even before that, going into, which is a great film, Reign of Fire, one of my favorite movies, um, there's so many depictions of what dragons are and the, 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 the presence of dragons, even in pop culture. You're going in from different cultures, from like Japan and how they categorize dragons in China as well too, going into Europe as more of a serpents and krakens and then going more into America or Europe um, with um, like the Middle Ages and in America now with the big wingy dragons from the Tolkien side of things. Like there's so many depictions, whereas dinosaurs, you kind of get if you put all the bones together, you kind of get what you get. You, you ask right. some feathers. That's about it. Now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would be interested to see. And we'll, we'll definitely circle back to this with the, with the next three films for Jurassic World. And we'll give our takes on those as well, too. But I would be very interested to see in the next five years if someone has the balls to tackle a dinosaur movie again. And that might be the, you know, that might be the reason why they haven't is because, you know, you're going to get compared to none of the other Jurassic Park movies except for the first one. Yeah. That is the only one that you're ever going to be compared to because everybody knows, like, because even these will always be compared to the original OG. And this one will always be at the top. Do I think that there's ever going to be a movie that's going to top this one? No. Nah. No. No. Because um, if it... it they missed their chance. They missed their opportunity. Uh, Steven Spielberg went for it, and he went for it hard, and he set the bar, and he set the bar impossibly high. And I truly, 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 truly believe that. Um, but and I'm glad he did it because, get it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, you know, as 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 you can see, as we can agree to disagree and and like have discussions about you know the um, sequels. Um, they make for good conversation, and this is you know the whole point of these things right the whole yeah. point is to grab a cup of coffee grab a drink talk about it and talk shit about it and <laughs> and not just once too spielberg did this with jaws and i can argue too that the only movie that in my opinion you could probably pull up a couple ones out of your hat but for me i think the only movie that probably rivals jaws at least the first one maybe deep blue sea and maybe that's because of all the wrong reasons as well, too, because that's a funny-ass movie. But I don't see any other movie that comes close to a shark movie than Jaws. Oh, we gotta do an episode on Deep Blue Sea. Oh, you want <laughs> the shark, the big shark movie franchise? We could do Deep Blue Sea, we could do Meg. <laughs> you killed my bird. <laughs> You leave Deep Blue Sea alone. That is such a treasure. 
for no apparent it reason. Yeah, it that is such a that is a great movie. That is a great fucking movie. <laughs> uh, Let us know song. what you think, y'all. Like, I, I want to know. I want to know what the world thinks about. Um, and you know what? You know what? Not to kind of extend everything here, but <clears throat> what I've learned is. Yes, we have our original trilogy, right? Um, and while we can always debate about, you know, how good these are, but the the, fa- the fact of the matter is that this generation has their new trilogy, right? This is the generation. This is this is the trilogy that they are growing up watching, right? Um, we're buying them the toys for this new series, for this new um, trilogy here, right? When you're buying a toy, I mean, it might have the original um, Jurassic Park, you know, logo and um, licensing, but you'll, most of the time you're gonna see, it's gonna say Dominion or if it's gonna say Jurassic World, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you gotta appreciate that, right? Instead of, you know, it's, it's cool to bond and show like what we grew up with, but I'd say don't take away, you know, how, you know, these kids feel about the, you know, this new trilogy, because again, they're in the situation that we were when these came out. And I think that that's really cool that they can grow up with their own version of it. Right. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. I, <laughs> Hey, when we get into our next trilogy later on this month, we can deep dive because I have some great personal feelings about Jurassic world. I absolutely love that movie. Um, the second movie to come after that not so much and we'll see what happens with dominion but i think it they both have a, a fun contrast of what the original trilogy trilogy is as well too i think you they kind of run parallel where the first movie sets the tone whereas the second movie kind of goes off rails and we're gonna see what happens with this third one <laughs> this might be your jurassic park 3 jake okay this <laughs> This might be everything. You might even get the Kirby's back, okay? <laughs> Bro, if I get the Kirby's back, I'll be so happy. Oh my god. You might even get Billy back randomly, like, what's up guys? I got all the eggs. <laughs> Blowing the fucking drinking up. <laughs> <laughs> Goof a helicopter to giant beard. Billy! (laughs) Anyway, guys. That's a wrap for this right here. Hopefully everyone did enjoy this right now. Um, It's been a pleasure as always. And I can't wait to do the next one with you, man. And um, if you guys want to look us up, PCF Podcasts on Twitter, PCF Podcasts on Instagram, Pops Culture Fanatics is on all podcast platforms. And yeah, we want to hear from you from Facebook to Instagram to Twitter, let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear next as well, too, going into July. I know we have Resident Evil coming up, and that alone is going to be a handful for us to deep dive into, but I know we're both very excited for that. Uh, I mean... <laughs> listen, we'll talk about it when listen, we get there. I will say we'll this. Talk about I'll, I'll close my... my, my, my uh, this statement with this right now. I'll close, close off with this. I think Welcome to Raccoon City was enjoyable. I'll say it just I'm not I'm not sorry about it. I'm not sorry about it whatsoever. I had a great time watching that movie. We saw that shit together, didn't we? Yes, we did. I had a great time. Why? Because I didn't get Mila Jovovich. I didn't get her husband directing shit. I just got a weird movie about Leon doing nothing. And everyone else doing all the work, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> we got a journey music video. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, 
that's it for us jake i appreciate you man always have a good night folks and remember enjoy pop culture <laughs> later man <laughs>